for your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. candy, candy. Yes, yes, keeping it going. Cisco Kennedy, one half of coffee and candy in the studio. This is Air Candy. And today in the studio, got another special guest. That's right. Hey, Jackie Trehorn, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are we doing today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm always blessed. I've seen flyers on social media for years. Different lounges, different clubs, different events. Jackie Trehorn, Jackie Trehorn, Jackie Trehorn. I actually never met you until just maybe a few months ago. Um, but I've always been interested to kind of know more about, hey, who is this guy that I've seen who's doing doing all these gigs? Yeah, I've, uh, I've been around for a while. Yeah? I started when I was 15, which would be 95. I didn't get my first club gig till probably 2005-ish. Okay. Uh, and then from 2005 on, I've just been trying to hustle as hard as I can. And like it just kind of built from there. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of free gigs and a lot of, hey, uh, put me ons. And yeah. then uh, I put my time in and, and, and tried to put myself in a place where I could have a solid schedule. Yeah. So back in 95, what was kind of gravitating towards your ears that was kind of saying hey i want to play this i want to play this this is like this is my music this is my set in in 95 i was following and helping carry crates for a wedding dj that uh was from my hometown that my family knew Mm -hmm. um and i went from carrying records to queuing records to get them you know started as he was announcing or whatever uh, but that was uh, for real vinyl, you know, so uh, learned from a way where it wasn't as easy as just uh, typing in the name of the song and starting yeah. uh, and starting to <laughs> press play. Actually DJing. Uh, not even <laughs> I, at that point. It was more of uh, just uh, playing music. You know, I wasn't mixing in a way where I felt comfortable uh, putting tracks together, but it was it was. Hey, find this spot in the record, press stop and press, you know, go and, and let it ride. Uh, and then, you know, it evolved from there. Yeah. And did it come natural to you or did you really have to kind of work at the the art form? Because I know some people that it's just like second nature. They can kind of keep a rhythm. They can kind of tap to a beat and the whole beat matching thing just naturally makes sense for them. And other people, they have to actually learn that technique of beat matching. Uh, that's an interesting question. I I would say today's generation to be able to um, have quantized music that is, okay, if this is 95 BPM and this is 95 BPM, I don't really need to know too much more except start it on the one, you yeah. know? Uh, Versus, hey, there's a you know a 15 second intro and the first beat isn't in till a little bit in more. So I mean, as far as coming natural, like I feel like I had a rhythm. I like to dance. I like to uh, tap my toe. You know, so I, I felt like I could count music uh, 
forever, you know, that came natural. Uh, but when it came to learning craft, it was uh, eight years of or longer playing in my basement for my mom or my wife or my girlfriend then, but my wife now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was like studying, you know, uh, playing the same record um, on both decks and being able to mix in the track and being able to not have vocals over vocals and stuff like that. That that was the, the process of trying to figure out how music was put together. Yeah. Because there are certain rules to mixing. Uh, not everybody will agree. But <laughs> not everybody yeah. will agree. But yeah. if, if you have some sort of standards, yes, like you said, you know, don't be... Like mixing vocals over vocals is a no-no. Yeah, of uh, course. Now we're blessed with edits, intro, outro edits. Luckily. That are kind of um, like the DJ's secret weapon. Um, and back then, was that really a thing? I... I think it was but it wasn't so easy to access those versions i don't know it uh the the aha moment for me was aviates like when uh crickling clan were coming out with like these party records where you would hear djs in the club uh and i'm we're probably 97 98 right now so these guys are uh, cutting records that nobody can get their hands on unless you're part of that community and you are digging records. And I remember um, Jimmy B was playing at uh, what's the oh, bootleggers? Oh wow! And uh, we went up to him, and it was me and a friend of mine who both DJed, and we were like, "Yo, man, these tracks are so dope. Where are you getting these? Where are you getting these?" And he actually burned them all for us. And he gave the next week we went there, and he was like, "Hey, I got something for you guys." And he gave us a CD. Now at the time, there was no like um, like controllable CD players, nothing with pitch fade on it or, or nothing that we could afford at least. Uh, so it, we had these bangers on a CD where you would be like, uh, okay, play this, stop this, and then play that track off your five disc CD changer. And but it would be like, you know, uh, you know, be faithful, you know, bass drop. Nobody had that. You couldn't you couldn't yeah. get it unless you bought it on record. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But that like to me is a very skillful tool to understand that now you just you have a laptop with a playlist and everything's all beat match ready and it's just track 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 so back then it's it seemed like there was so much more work and prep that was put into um how we're going to play this music and yeah. we have to kind of pick and choose carefully if we want people to kind of IRS more and more, right? But you, you were, you didn't, um, you didn't have the opportunity to be an open format DJ unless you were rich, right? Like that, that was my, my take. Like I would have never bought a Britney Spears record ever, but, uh, today I'll play 10 Britney Spears tracks in a night only because they're free. You know, I mean, I say free, but you know, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you, like we you get, get them collection. to record pools. Right. <laughs> you get your collection together, you, you know? Uh, so for me, uh, the new Lil Yachty or whatever record, I, I would have never spent $5 on that. You know, uh, I was buying house records at the time yeah. or buying people's, um, 
like crates. Like, so, you know, you'd go to the flea market and some guy didn't know what he had and he has a crate of records and you'd look and it'd be like, whoa, you got 10 gems in here. I'll take that, you know? And, and that's how you were building your crates. And that's what made every DJ, no matter what, pretty much different. Like, uh, yeah. you know, you might be a house DJ, I might be a Latin DJ, and the next guy might be a hip hop DJ, but it's very rare to see somebody who, who actually curated those records of all three genres. You know, you are more of a specialty DJ than you are, uh, you know, uh, open format. I, I think that some of that still stays true even to uh, today because we all have access to all the great music, all the genres, all the mixes. And it's it's how how are you picking and choosing what you're putting into your set? I think that still separates one from the other. Oh, sure. Because yeah. we all have access to the same shit. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, to it's kind extent. of exposed record pools and edits and all, like you said, um, like Crick and Clan, they're still in business, still putting out great, solid edits yeah. every week. Yeah. Um, and like, I love their stuff, but I cater towards certain edits that I know, like, this is going to make me look really good on that dance floor playing this particular version. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Of course. Right. But, and, and you say that we all have access to it. We do, but we don't all have it. You know, like I, I, I still pride myself on certain remixes that I know that you don't have and you not you personally. I mean, I, I know that other DJs that if we were in the same room, yeah. I could play that record and I know that you're not going to play it because I know that the guy that I found it from has 10 likes and he's, you know, just happened to hit it on the head for that one time. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, you know, when you come across a, an edit or, or, a, or a bootleg or a remix like that, I hold those dear, you know, like when people, when I trade music with people and if we're talking about whatever, yeah. I'll give you some stuff, but I'm not giving you the secret stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> of course you, you have to have that. Right. Of and course. if not, like you're just going to be as, as, as normal as like, uh, I, you had Pete down on a show. Uh, I have every edit he's ever put out because he's a mastermind. Uh, but I know that we all have those edits. You know, he he made he did a really good job at putting himself out there and uh, making his staple in the edit world. But you know, those weird editors that you know maybe come from Russia who happen to get their hands on a whatever track, and I came across it on this weird website. You yeah. know, I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm not telling Cisco about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Like one of my guilty pleasures is sitting back, sitting back in bed on my MacBook Pro, searching and finding gems, gems. In, in, in edits. I will spend all Sunday afternoon. That, like to me, that is my perfect Sunday afternoon. Yeah, good. good. Sitting back on the laptop, going site to site, and just trying to find things that are different, that are like unique. Uh, I, I can do that for hours. You might even hear a song on the radio on your way home, and you'd be like. Oh, I remember that track. Yeah. And then you start digging and you're like, oh, I just found a, a new disco remix of that that would absolutely tear up a lounge. And then you hear it again and you're like, oh, this is a big room track. If there was 5,000 people in front of me, they'd go bananas. And, you you know, and, and some are corny, right? And others aren't. And it's like the, the, the it's still curating records. You're right. You, you know, you're still putting together a, a secret set. You know, yeah. you couldn't play an acapella unless you had it on record. Now we got magic machines that can take instrumentals and acapellas and make, you know it's like I remember dreaming about that stuff me too and being like oh, could you imagine being able to take the vocal out of this track yeah and, and you're like now it's it's actually happening yeah, and you're like ah 
what do I do? <laughs> it's kind of scary. Like the AI technology is a good thing. It's a bad thing. Um, it's a little overwhelming because like you said, it's like we can kind of do anything now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, as much as it can make us uh, the same, it can also make us separate, you know, and, and now I can do things that I could never do before. And I was against it at first. I, I it took me forever to go from records to CDs, right? Because I was like, I'm never going to, I'm a purist. I'm going to do this. And then I found out how light a MacBook Pro was. And, you know, I was like, hey, I can carry around 100,000 tracks yeah. on my computer. If you want Barbie Girl, I'll play Barbie Girl. Sure. But if you want to hear, you know, Ring My Bell, I can play that too. And 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 I wouldn't, I might not have brought the, both those records out one night. You know, you're, you were strapped in it. And I was like, well, I like to expand. Um, who was it? I think uh, uh, Vinny Vibe said to me one time, uh, you know, don't be afraid to play commercial music. And I was like, I'm not afraid. I just don't want to. And like for a long time, I tried to hold on to that. And I wasn't getting booked. And I was I was upset that I wasn't getting booked. I was I was uh, resentful. Like, why are they playing in front of rooms like that and not me? I've been putting my time in, you know, sure. this guy just started. He bought a laptop. And, and I used to get mad at that stuff. Like yeah, the Pauly D era. I used to, I, for whatever reason, I would hate on him. And then I finally one day I realized, I'm like, I don't even want to be him. I don't, <laughs> you know, like it's cool to play in front of those rooms, but that's a lot of pressure for somebody to like be able to. And he's actually a really good DJ. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not the hype. It, it, it just, it's not the room for me. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to be in every room. You know, I, I can, I can choose the places that I want to be. And, and hopefully I get the opportunities to get in there. You know, the rooms that I want to be in, I try to make myself, uh, you know, a part of, and I don't have to be everywhere all the time. True. I mean, I think the best thing is about sticking to your guns, staying true to your principles, and you will find your crowd. That, I think, is the great thing about the diverse amount of genres that are out there when it comes to all the style of music is that I think there is something for everybody. And I think that there is a DJ for that crowd. And if that's the crowd you want, find your crowd. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. You know? You know, it's uh, it's funny you say that. And I've uh, I said to you earlier, the, the thing that Oshin had said to me, about uh, he'd rather be 70% at uh, as many genres as he could be than 100% at just one. Mm -hmm. And that to me was like an eye-opening moment where I was like, you know what? Uh, I'll play Deep House and I'll play it for five hours, but I can't play it for 12, you know? Uh, or, you know, I can play open format, but, you know, in a room full of, uh, you know, teenagers i might not be able to hit uh hit them over the head every time but i'll walk in every room and i'll make them tap their toe at least once you know uh and, and i felt like that was more of my goal as a dj yeah um you know and you talk about your crowd right unfortunately i'm like a crowd whore so like i want every crowd and i i okay. want to i want to play drum and bass and i want you to be like wow he ripped up a drum and bass room and i've done that you know and, and people have come up to me at the end of the day and been like I didn't know you could do that. And I was like, me neither, you know, but, but once the vibes there, it's like, you know, drum and bass is similar to hip hop. So I can play that, you know, and it's like uh, EDM versus house music versus techno music. Like I hate techno. I actually hate techno. I think it's so boring. It's hard to mix. It's not like to me, it, yeah. it just doesn't turn me on. But you know? hold on. Like to clarify, 
What do we consider? No, I'm talking Adam Bear. Tech, okay, like, you know, okay. uh, you know, like like actual techno music. You yep. know, uh, cashmere. Uh, you know, uh, dudes that are playing for eight or ten hours in a dark room with no lights. You know, like it just that was never me. You yeah, know, that's um, a, a different breed of people, right? Which there. is okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have a lot of friends that like techno. You know, Jeff Leclaire and and Will Trahan. Those guys, they're amazing DJs. Uh, just like uh, so. At the same time, I. Happy hardcore music, but if DJ yeah, Venom is playing happy hardcore, I'm going to stand there and watch him play his set because I respect him that much. That you know what he's going to do, it doesn't matter what he's playing; it's how he's playing it. Yeah, and and I I want to uh, pay homage to that stuff. But if you would never catch me driving in my car listening to happy hardcore or or, or you know anything like that, <laughs> same same. Yeah. I I'm I'm the same way. I I have a respect for. All the genres and all the DJs that cater to those individual genres. If I had to kind of put myself in one genre or the other, I'm top 40 pop. Top 40 pop. And what that what that means is um, basically the the top 40 songs that are popular in all genres. Right. right? All genres. Uh, Dance, hip hop, R&B. Um, just about anything that's out there within each genre, I like to mix in the top 40 of those charts, yeah. right? I'm a very uh, like commercial guy. I was born in 87. So when I grew up in the 90s, I was into, you know, the, I'm with New Kids on the Block and, and that whole era, very kind of upbeat pop, like bubblegum. Um, and then when I started to actually make music, uh, one of the first things that I did is I entered into a, a hip hop um, beat battle contest. It was in New York City. And when I went there and I played my tracks, I'm like, the judges said, hey, listen, we can tell you a pop producer. We can hear it. You got the chord progressions, you got the harmonies and everything. But like, you came into this competition. Saying this is a hip hop battle, so like you made more urban style beats because that's that's that that's a competition. But clear as day, you a pop producer. Do what you do, showcase it, and you are gonna go so far. Don't don't try to cater to what you think people yeah. want. And you know, at at that moment, that's when I stopped doing what I thought people wanted and did what you wanted, and I stayed true. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So I said, you know what? I'm a pop producer. Why hide it? Yeah. I was trying to mask it. And there's no shame in that. Yeah. Man. Like, I mean, Michael Jackson is a pop star. I yeah. Look at him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's, uh, yeah. there's so much uh, awesomeness uh, in that. You yeah. Know? Because it makes you enjoy it when it, when it's not a, uh, when it's not a mandate, I got to do this, you know, uh, whatever Lil Yachty wants to hear this type of beat so I'm gonna make it for him you know but if Taylor Swift was gonna give you 10 million dollars for doing something that you're really good at doing let's well, talk yeah why not talk yeah exactly <laughs> let's talk yeah. and you know, she has a house here in Rhode Island so you never know what could happen of course right? you never yeah. know what could happen uh getting back to that point doing what you want to do doing what feels best for you when you really started to get going with your gigs and you started to book shows, um, was there one genre or the other that you were most excited to play and to showcase? Or was it just, I'm going to play a little bit of everything? If I was to 
close my eyes and see yeah. what type of room would I want to be in. Sure. I personally like uh, more loungy. Uh, I want to say house music, but house music is so broad, uh, and I don't mean um, I don't mean techno. I don't mean uh, uh, you know clubhouse. I, I mean like you know it real instruments and vocals and uh you know not real high energy just stuff that you can watch a sunset to uh you know uh, a place that the two of us play uh tel aviv uh sure great venue for a summertime vibe where you can literally just play the sunset and you can't recreate that it might be purple it might be pink it might rain there's so many things that uh have to be perfect for it to be perfect but somehow you feel like you made that sunset, you know, yeah. and, and I've been showing up to my gigs. I, I play also at a place called the rooftop uh, in Providence. And, uh, you know, normally I don't get going until like nine o'clock in the winter, but in the summertime I'm there at six thirty, and I, I like to play dinner music while people are eating dinner. And, uh, and I say dinner music, meaning, uh, you know, deeper house music and just stuff that you might not recognize, but you're not in, uh, it's not intrusive. It's not, nobody's going to look at me and say, Hey, you shouldn't be playing that here. You know, it's just, it's elevator music, but classy elevator music. But again, I like to watch the sunset and I like to play those types of vibes. Uh, but then it, it depends how much tequila you drink, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the further it goes, the more aggressive you want to get, you know? So, uh, I like party rocking at the same time, but when I first started, I'm sorry, I, I get off it. When I first started house music, those were the records I was buying, you know, uh, uh, some some darker room stuff, but again, I, I found my my groove in in like a deeper house uh, type of music. Um, but then when I started realizing that you could get paid to play music, I started becoming a genre whore and just you know, hey, you're having, you're you're having a Latin party, I could play Latin, and I'd call up my Latin friends and be like, yo, I need a uh, hundred Latin tracks, you know, yeah. and. It, and, and I, I tried to stop doing that because those are the guys that actually should have got the gig, you know? And like, so uh, I was booked for an email party and I was like, you know, I did reach out and I, and I got the tracks that I needed to get because the person that I thought should have been there was booked, you know? And I would have gave that gig to him in a minute because he deserved to be there, not me, you know? Sure. And, and the older I get, the more I feel that that uh, makes sense for our community you know like uh if you're really good at something and i know you are i'm gonna call you and ask you to do that certain thing not because i can't find somebody else to do it and not because i can't do it myself because you've earned the right to be there you know uh and and uh, that doesn't happen all the time you know i mean sometimes you have to do what you have to do to play the gig but you know other times you know if you're asking me to play uh you know uh Greek music all night. I'm gonna try to find you a Greek DJ first before I accept that type of gig. You, you know? like to fake the funk? Ah, I mean, you know, the fake it till you make it does actually work. You know, I mean, uh, Jay Z did it. You know, but when it comes down to it, it's like, uh, do I want to be sit? Do I want to sit there with an aggravated uh, maybe look on my face of I'm not hitting these guys where I need to hit them? I don't, maybe I don't belong there. Well, not maybe, I don't belong there, you know? And True. it's like, so oh, I, it's, it's, it's great that you see it that way. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people do. Um, but getting back to that one word that you said, uh, the community, uh, like the community of 
DJs. There's so many great DJs out there that we have around us. Guys that have been in the game for 15, 30 years and people that just started five, 10 years. We all really do bring something different to the table. And I think that there's room for everybody. I honestly, truly do because like we all play it in our own way. And I think that a diverse selection of music is needed. I think people don't want to hear the same shit, the same set over and over, especially with the way that people's like attention spans on nowadays. They're so short. We constantly need something different and new. And I think that's what's great about all the different um, disc jockeys, right? To go back to that old school term is like the craft that we hold passion to our, our heart. We actually really do care about like providing a good time for the people out there dancing. And then like we also enjoy playing it and making those moments happen. We are magic makers in a way. There's a, to me, there's no better feeling than being able to run a room that you've uh, put together. You know, like, Mm. and I say that by like, you know, I, my typical set is a four hour set. If I'm playing, uh, know open format you know i'm playing an open set for myself and i'm playing a headline set as well um but i i i bring the people where i want to bring them you know and sometimes you hit them on the head and you're just like these guys are locked in i could do no wrong if i stop this record sing you know uh whatever at the top of my lungs they'll join in because that's where the vibe is right yeah and it's like that to me is that that drug that uh that that horse that you're constantly chasing um, and going back to the play in the rooms I don't want to play like I mean that I'm not fit to play like that doesn't turn me on anymore being able to connect with people turns me on you know when I when I play a set at uh, at a brunch and I have people that are begging me for my my business card and tipping me and saying how well I'm doing it's like that to me not not that I need the validation because at this point if I can't play records I shouldn't be out there right but like uh, but the attaboys are, are are very nice to get sometimes, you know? And it's yeah. like when people are like, hey, you're doing a real good job. I love the selections. And we're not re- we're not even running a dance floor. We're just playing music for you to eat breakfast to, you know? And it's Set like, in the tone, set in the vibe. It. And I've had people singing at the top of their lungs in a restaurant, you know, whole rooms, you know? And then other times I've had people ask me to turn it down. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> you know, not, every, not everyone hits it, but like sometimes it's like, you know, you walk out and you're like, wow, I smashed it. Right. And and I'm not usually the guy to go out and tell people that I smashed it, but I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to be able to compliment myself, to be honest. There is nothing wrong with that. You should be confident in what you do. Uh, There's I, a thin think, line. Yeah. There's a thin yeah, line I, between I, confident and cocky. Like, you know, uh, when, when you walk up and you tell me that you can do something, you better be able to do it. And that's why I like tagging with people because, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, bah, 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 bah. all right. Well, let's do it, you know, and let's play records. And like sometimes I'm I'm mind blown, and other times I'm like, all right, I just I, without saying anything, I don't <laughs> want to say I put you in your place. Yeah, but I wasn't the one bragging. You were. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And, and it's like you know, it's weird because like you know, there, there's turntablists out there, turntablists that will eat me alive, me right? Because that's not, I'm not a turntablist. That is not my zone. But I will blend circles around you. You know what I mean? And, and like, and if 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 that's what you can like what's best best is a matter of opinion your best and my best are two totally different scenarios yeah we mo- we might both like carl cox but you might like you know uh 
whoever. I don't know. It, you know. Like I do like Carl Cox. I actually seen him in Boston last year. I thought he was great. I really, really have a respect for his craft because he is up there with drum loop machines, like creating sounds in real time. That also might never be heard the same way. No. Ever again. No, 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 no. Yeah. Nope. That's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 an experience. To someone who doesn't understand that genre of music, it is absolutely boring. And like those are the ones that say, oh, this is just that hard techno stuff. Say, why don't you get up there and try to do what he's doing and to keep the music flowing for a two hour set in the way that he's doing. Well, see, that's the drawback is that it's only two hours. If you had that same experience for seven hours and you were able to ride that up and down wave, like yeah. again, I, uh, I I don't know if I mentioned it out loud yet, but I, yeah, I did. I hate techno. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I understand Carl Cox is techno, but the first time I ever heard him play live, he was playing because a house DJ didn't make it there and he absolutely murdered it. He, he, he blew my mind. And, and this is again, records at the time. Yeah. And he was just playing tracks that were just like hit after hit after hit. And these were hits that I didn't even know were hits yet. And, and it's like, I heard him do that. And I was like, so I was hooked ever since. And you talk about the drum looping thing. Like it's boring if you don't know what they're doing. Exactly. But if you're standing behind him, I don't care how boring it sounds. It's amazing to see what they're doing. You know, and I, that's how I used to start. That's how I started uh, learning to DJ is I would stand, you know, behind bad boy bill and I would just watch him for his whole two uh, hour and 45 minutes, whatever his contract used to say, it was never two hours. It was always shorter, but you know, like things like that. And I would learn from, from people. And that's, I like, I like tagging with other DJs uh, because I learned if you do a trick and I can see that trick and I say, Hey, I never thought about doing that in reverse or doing that, whatever. Now I might be able to incorporate that into my set and flavor it a little bit to my type of, of, of mixing. Yeah. Um, and we learn that way. And we, again, talk about community. It's like, you don't get that if you don't put your uh, olive branch out there and say, Hey man, let's, uh, let's, Let's try doing something together. Like, oh, I heard you play here, and and I I feel like we would really do well together, you know. And, and yeah, there's there's a lot of that going on, and it's really cool to see that. It's it is a community. You can yeah. go from anywhere here in New England, and you can start to chat, and you'll know somebody that they know because of this community. Yep, and we can all get influence off of each other, and like you said, all day. It- kind of helps to uh, like brushen up or uh, like freshen up your skills because as DJs no point intended we, we can get stuck in the loop and kind of do yeah. the the same style and the same song set so when we are out when we get that slim chance to go out and actually be on the other side of that DJ table and you know be part of the audience for once it is great to watch someone else up there do the craft that you do uh, and say oh, wow yeah I would have never mixed this song with this song, but yeah, yeah. taking a note right now, like this is great, right? Shazam! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I find myself doing it all the time. I, I I get stuck in this this same little loop of the same sets, um, and then when I go out and I hear someone new, it gives me a little boost. 
to want to get back and do something a little different. Especially if they're killing it. Yeah. If they're killing it and you're like, damn, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to flex a little bit and I'm going to have to go into my yeah. computer and dig deeper and, you know, learn new things. And, and if you're stuck, if you're, if you think you're the best, you're never going to be the best ever. You know, you'll never, ever, uh, Push yourself hard enough. Mm. At, I don't care who you are as an artist, whether you're a painter. If you're if you're not trying to to beat yourself on a regular basis, yeah, uh, by growing, then you're gonna be stuck behind everybody forever. I couldn't have said it better. But I have seen you live a few times. You are very good at what you do, Thank you. and um, I really do appreciate you being a part of the Air Candy Podcast. This was a, uh, a pleasure. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to today's music mix. Here we go. The music never sleeps with coffee and candy.